Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We've got a lot to get to on the pod today. SMU's 2020 football schedule finalized. But first, I want to lead with the big news of the weekend, which was SMU taking down Houston in overtime. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the pod. What a what a game for SMU against Houston, jumping out to a to a big lead and being able to control things in the first half really just dominate Houston for much of that first half, I'd say, and especially just defensively. I mean, Houston couldn't get anything going offensively, wasn't able to get those second-chance looks that they're so used to being the top offensive rebounding team in the country. And SMU is able to kind of ride that to a win in a way. Uh, things got dicey there as SMU gave up the lead and 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 blew it. Uh, down the stretch but look the end of the day they rallied around each other and were able to get this win in overtime and and kind of give themselves certainly a boost in the eyes of the postseason play I I still don't think there's an NCAA tournament bid out there for them at this point especially with how far out they are in terms of the the net right now but they do have a chance, and that's all you can ask for right now with the way this season has gone so far. That Houston game, a huge, huge step forward in doing that. And Tim Jankovich had his radio show on Monday night and kind of was saying, look, with our guys in that huddle, it wasn't so much as hanging their heads, but okay, this is going to be our greatest moment just because we're going to be able to fight off this blown lead and put it together and get one of the biggest wins of the season for for SMU certainly I think the the biggest the biggest win of the season for SMU so look it wasn't pretty that game never is with Houston uh, but a lot of credit to SMU for for figuring it out and and as ugly as it was and as terrible as it was watching them blow that lead it, it really really was something where SMU ended up getting the win and and that's just kind of all that matters now as far as how this impacts postseason play, I'm not necessarily sure that this does too much for them uh, out, outside of giving them that shot, that chance. Um, I, I think they would have to win the AAC tournament still to be able to to you know make it to uh, the the NCAA tournament. Now, look, maybe somehow if they were to win out the rest of the way, the committee gives them the benefit of the doubt if they're able to you know win a couple games in the AAC tournament after that, but. Where it stands right now, it's just, that just doesn't seem realistic. But look, I thought that game was unbelievable for SMU. It, and just look, it wasn't an incredible crowd by any means, but they were loud. And there's about, I would say there were about 4,000 there um, for the most part. And and they were loud. And, and, and I was actually sitting with a couple of the the media guys there. And, and they looked at me and said, I've never heard it like this before. I said, yeah, well, this is kind of a, a snapshot of what it was like. Uh, at least back in the the Larry Brown days, and 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 certainly Tim Jankovic's first year as head coach when they won the AAC championships, but 
I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It seemed like the players, I mean, really, really fed off of Tim Jankovic's message over the course of the week, which was calling them soft. And look, I've, I've called this team soft before, so maybe they listen to the pod. So shout out to any of the players or anyone sitting out there listening uh, that's part of the program. But they really were not soft at all coming out in that game and, and certainly throughout the night. I mean, because look, Houston is a really good basketball team. They're able to to put together a lot a lot of runs and, and, and figure things out. But SMU was too tough to, to just overcome for them completely. And as bad as it looked down the stretch for SMU and you figured, okay, well, now they're going to lose in overtime. But they were the tougher team at the end of the day. And I think Kelvin Sampson would tell you the same thing about that. And so it's a huge win for SMU. I mean, it really, really is. And, and I think it's, it, depending on what happens down the stretch, it could be a huge win, win for Tim Jankovic's future as well. Now, SMU goes on the road to Tulane on Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock start on that one. Uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be down there for that one, making the quick trip over to New Orleans is never a bad decision. So I'll be there for that. We'll have your coverage on SMU Tulane. Tip-off 7 Central Time uh, in New Orleans on ESPN3. And then SMU heads on the road for a game, a mid-afternoon game at Tulsa on Saturday. So away from Moody Coliseum for just over a week and a half, just about a week and a half before Memphis comes to town for a Tuesday night, 8 o'clock CBS Sportsnet matchup. And then SMU finishes up with Wichita State, UCF, and USF, um, the last two being on the road. So look, there's a path there for SMU, I mean, to an extent. And, and I just, when you look at kind of the bracketology and things like that and the experts and look, Joe Lenardi and Tim Jankovic kind of called, called him out on on uh, uh, Saturday night uh, following the Houston win. Is they're projecting, you know, in the current stage of things and and where things are at that moment. If the tournament ended at that very, or if the tournament started that very moment, who would make it in? Who would make it out? And that's why it's called bracketology, and it's not a projection thing. So that being said, SMU has a long way to go to to really to make it onto that first four in or first first four last four last four in or however many first four out you know type of deals you want to have there's still a ways to go there's a lot of work to be done and to be honest there's really not a ton uh, of of quality chances left outside of Tulsa really that's kind of the one that stands out to me the most uh, with the with it being a road game and and look I think when you look at this conference and kind of where where it stands right now, you've got Tulsa just ahead of SMU at nine and three, and 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 SMU kind of being a being a half game back, I think technically of of them, and so there's a there's a chance there. On the other hand, you've got Wichita State still on the schedule, Memphis both just hovering around five hundred between the two of them in conference play, so nothing special there, and then UCF, USF, and Tulane three of the bottom four teams in the conference still up. So there is an absolute need in a way for SMU to win out and, and to give themselves the best chance to win uh, the conference in the regular season, to be honest, and and at least finish maybe in the top two. I think that would certainly uh, be, be um, you know, something that could help them. I mean, obviously it would help them, uh, but it, it really... They're going to have to get through Tulane, which, look, Tulane is, is I think, a team that's going to end up being okay. I don't think they're ever going to be in the 
top half of the conference. But I, I think Ron Hunter's doing at least uh, in terms of bringing in talent and, and kind of the things I'm hearing down here doing a good job with that program. And they're not going to go away quietly. So SMU has to take care of business against Tulane. And then all eyes will kind of be once again on a Saturday game for SMU against Tulsa on the road. And and look, SMU hasn't been great on the road in conference uh, so far this year. So um, there's a lot left, obviously, to be told with, with how this season will finish and where their NCAA tournament hopes and uh, NIT kind of seeding right now uh, would be. But they've got to get through Tulane. They can't let you know, kind of the the energy they put into Houston wane. They've got to stay locked in, and that's something Tim Jankovich talked about as well on his, on his radio show, just the ability to stay locked in, and that's what SMU's coaching staff's been trying to pull out of this team for most of the year, really, is, is can you stay locked in? Can you stay ready to play throughout the entire season? And that's what makes great teams, and that's why in the past SMU has had you know those, those championship teams is when you thought, okay, well, they lost that one or that, you know, how, how are they going to respond to this or that? They were always able to, with their backs against the wall, play really well, play hard, and and get a win. And so this team hasn't done that up until the Houston game, really. But they were challenged all week by the coaching staff, and they really responded well, going 2-0 that week. And Moody was big, UConn and, and Houston, and now setting themselves up to, to see where things could go for an NCAA tournament bid. It is alive barely I think they have a long way to go but they certainly uh, got a got a huge help with with that win over over Houston on Saturday night impressive one at that and and look we'll be having you guys totally covered on on uh, Wednesday night Saturday and and just obviously throughout the rest of this push um, we'll we'll be there for you guys so keep it locked on Pony Stampede for more on SMU basketball and uh, at this point we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit about SMU's 2020 football schedule. It came out. We'll kind of highlight some things uh, as well uh, that I that I caught my eye at the 7-on-7 seven seven tournament this weekend. So with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break from the pod, and we'll be right back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. SMU's 2020 football schedule is out, and I think m- most people, when uh, <laughs> when they saw the schedule, probably weren't too happy with it. And I think one thing to to know when you look at the schedule that's now out is that this is what happens when you win football games and you have a really good season. So SMU's non-conference schedule certainly was already in the books. 
at Texas State for the season opener on September 5th. Then they host Stephen F. Austin on September 12th. Head to North Texas on September 19th. And then host TCU on Family Weekend on that Saturday. So a Saturday game for SMU-TCU as well. And really, for the most part, all of these games are TBD in terms of times right now. But SMU does open conference play with a huge matchup against Memphis in Ford, Ford Stadium on an ESPN network. So it'll be a Thursday night game. One of the first ones in a long time for SMU. A huge opportunity. Uh, first first home uh, conference game in a while for SMU. Huge opportunity to showcase the team, showcase the program, and certainly get uh, some revenge against against Memphis, who who beat them in that thriller last year in 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 Memphis and uh, kind of a defense optional game. So look, I uh, I think that with Memphis he- heading on the road against Texas State the week before that, traveling to Texas back-to-back weekends is difficult. And even though SMU has TCU right before that, I think when you look at that one, I think advantage SMU. And here's why. I think, one, when you travel on the road, that's really, really difficult to do. And you look at Memphis's schedule leading up to that point, and they're against Arkansas State, at Purdue, against Houston. So they open conference play actually a little bit earlier than SMU. And then they've got this trap game against UTSA kind of sandwiched in there. I'm not going to, I'm not saying they're going to lose. I think Memphis will pummel UTSA, but it's on the road. And so all of that is kind of adding up for, for Memphis, I think. And, and I think SMU did a really nice job last year of turning the page after TCU. That was something I think you got to give Kaz Kazadi and, and Sonny Dykes and that whole staff a lot of credit. So if SMU was to beat TCU again, it's familiar territory. Turn the page, you're starting conference play. And in 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 at that point, USF, while they were struggling, they were a team that was viewed as somebody that could challenge at any given time for, for the conference. I mean, realistically, going into that game, that's just how talented TC, uh, USF was. They were able to turn the page and SMU was able to dominate USF and, and kind of go on that run to start conference play and to start their season. Memphis, it's another big game and you don't have to travel. You're not leaving the state of Texas your entire first month of the season. And and then and then you, uh, you make a quick trip to Tulane uh, after a bye week following Memphis. So you can put everything you got into the Memphis game and, and try to go from there and, and put it all together and, and get your signature conference win really early on and, and put yourself in position to, to be at the top of the conference right away uh, as SMU will open conference play on October 1st against Memphis on that Thursday night. Have a bye, then head to Tulane, then turn the page. SMU has homecoming weekend against Cincinnati on October 24th. Then they host Navy on October 31st. Then uh, Temple, they head to Temple for right now a Thursday night game on November 5th. If the Eagles schedule comes out and they've got a Thursday night game, uh, which we'll find out in in early to mid-April, the NFL schedule, that will then be flexed to a Saturday game. But right now the conference has it slated for a Thursday night matchup at Philly uh, or in, uh, at Temple in Philly. And then SMU will head on the road with a long week long weekend off and, and and some time to recover from that, which was a brutal you know three-game stretch, Cincinnati, Navy, and Temple, and then face Tulsa on the road uh, as well. And then 
They close with Houston, who right now I think it's fair to say you don't know what Houston's going to be like in 2020. I mean, that's a program that with the way things are kind of going with Dana Holgerson, you just don't know what you're going to get. Then finish up at East Carolina on Thanksgiving. So SMU gets really the pass on OU Texas weekend and for a know-nothing Thanksgiving weekend home game. So kind of the schedule really works out pretty well for SMU. I know people would be peeved about the Boulevard on that Thursday, but you know what? October 1st, take the Thursday off and then and then try to recover enough to uh, to hit hit you know head back to work if you live in Dallas on Friday. But I think that game will be well attended. A big positive for for SMU and recruiting. It is a Thursday night, so they'll be able to bring a lot of players on campus and say, "Come on, come through." After you're done with practice on Thursday, after you're done with your walkthrough, hit campus, check it out. And then uh, you can leave early if you want to and get to bed for your Friday night game uh, the, the next night. So overall, I, I think the schedule works out very, very well for SMU. It's a difficult one. It's also the best home schedule that I can remember in a long, long time. So kudos uh, to the conference. And, and also, I mean, look, on the flip side, next next year, it'll be, it'll be kind of a, a tougher uh, <laughs> look in terms of the schedule goes for SMU uh, in 2021. But but. You know that's just how it goes, and and with this team poised to have the season that they're they're set to have, I think this is really important. And coming off a ten win season, you've got Shane Bouchelle back, back. You've got so much coming into the program for them to have this type of a home slate. I think it bodes really well for SMU. I think the games are gonna you're gonna see a huge boost in attendance, and and certainly I heard I've heard season ticket renewals are already way up. So I mean, this is uh, this is all kind of coming together, and I th- I think it's just a, a pretty big positive for SMU uh, when it comes to uh, the schedule and just how it worked out. On the flip side, in 2021, they'll have U- UCF, USF, Tulane, and Tulsa will be the four home schedules in a uh, uh, conference play in in 2021. Uh, just looking ahead, as as well as uh, the same group. Of, um, of programs uh, for the for the 2021 season at this point. Um, I think that might be the year that uh, that SMU plays Louisiana Tech as well. I'm looking that up right now. Um, yeah, 2021, Abilene Christian, North Texas, at Louisiana Tech, at TCU. So enjoy this schedule while you have it. Don't complain too much. It's a good one. It sets SMU up. That if they can run the table, guys, this is a team that can that can go and and uh, and go to New York Six Bowl and, and 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 win the conference and should be able to do so easily if they're if they're able to navigate it the right way. So, uh, following up with that, spring practice starts March eighth. They'll get that going. Pro Day March twenty sixth, and then the spring game set for April eighteenth. Uh, Sunny Dykes tweeting out the uh, dates for for spring practice just this afternoon after the schedule came out. So. SMU locked in, ready to, to start uh, start work on uh, the 2020 season for the program. One thing I'll point out, I was uh, actually lucky enough to uh, to get to spend some time behind uh, the scenes a little bit with uh, the program uh, when I was in Dallas this past week, and and I'm looking forward to uh, to putting together the story um, that I'm working on uh, for that. So if you're not on Pony Stampede, I highly encourage you to subscribe. We've got a flash sale going on just two months for the price of one. Gets you locked in uh, for the basketball 
rest of the season, spring practice, recruiting, they'll have official visitors when you're on your, your $1 uh, or 50 cents a month type of deal. So highly encourage you to subscribe. That will end on Wednesday night. So you're listening to this pod now. If you don't subscribe, check it out. Promise it's it's worth it. We've got a ton coming your way as spring practice gets closer. Now, some takeaways for me, I just think in terms of the culture, the strength and conditioning staff is is why you're seeing, why you saw the improved culture uh, in SMU and what they were able to do on the field last year. And and, and also Shane Bouchel um, deserves a lot of credit. They, they, they teach these guys how to be leaders uh, in, in these workouts. And I think that's something that kind of stands out to me. Sonny Dykes and his staff able to be around the, the workouts. Now they can't do football drills, but they can actually coach them up and, and um, you know, run them through the drills. But for the most part, it's a strength staff. But there, I mean, they are the reason why SMU has been able to do what they have over the last two years. And, and certainly why they were in position to win, you know, at least the division last year until, until kind of the late stretch. But overall, I mean, this is uh this program is as well run as I've seen. I think there's a there's a commitment from the players to really do things right and do things the right way, and I think that starts with Kaz Kazadi and Sunny Dyke. So I really enjoyed my time around the program uh, early morning, but it was so worth it. So I'm looking forward to dropping that story. That's kind of all I'll say about it right now. But I think you guys will enjoy it, and I think think it'll give you guys a really good view into the program. So look for that on Pony Stampede. Probably looking like Thursday right now. I'm going to try to really bear down on it and, and get it finished up tomorrow and, um, and before I head over to New Orleans and then, and then drop it on Thursday. So I hope you guys enjoy that. On the recruiting front, uh, I was out at the Pylon Dallas. Uh, it was technically in Fort Worth, but Pylon Dallas 7-on-7 tournament this past weekend. Really impressed uh, with just kind of the buzz that I heard around SMU this, uh, this, this year or excuse me, this, uh, this weekend. And, and when, when we tell you guys on, on Pony Stampede that they're in the mix for X big time prospect or Y big time prospect, and they, they have offers from this place, that place. And, you know, I'm talking about the Savion birds, the Isaiah and Wilkobias, the now Roderick Daniels and, and all of those guys, it's real. And it's, it's pretty wild to see kind of the reactions that, you get from recruits and and even when you're done interviewing them and and i i kind of like to do this and kind of you know not only build a relationship but kind of just you know chop it up a little bit with them and just say, say hey like you know i know you've been over to ask me a ton but but are you really is this real you know why why now and 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 just trying to pull it out of them whether whether it is a serious interest or not and and look so many of them point to James Prochet and Demerick Gary and some of these Dallas players, Shane Bouchelle and Reggie Robertson, and, and 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 now you're seeing them point to Preston Stone. I think that was something that I really took away from just the amount of players that get hit up by Preston Stone, and 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 talk with him, and and have been able to to you know be recruited by Preston now that he's committed as well, and, and I think that stands out to me, and and a lot of players that we're going to cover over the next few months as they go, kind of navigate official visits and make their decisions ahead of their senior years, SMU is going to be in it right to the end. They might not end up with all of them. They probably won't. But this whole thing is real. And, and there are players that are not considering SMU 
that will tell you that it's real and and they'll tell you oh well you know I I know this kid he he might not he he's he might end up going there and and you're kind of like wow wow really you know you kind of learn a little bit about these players when you're around them in this type of a setting more and more so we we put some recruiting notes up there from that Gabe and I and Mike Roach all kind of combined on that we've had some uh, new offers go out uh, as well, uh, SMU's been dishing them out, so we've been getting some updates on those guys. We'll have more updates on players from the seven-on-seven tournament throughout the week. I'm also going to kind of, once I finish the the big story behind the scenes, I'm going to be putting together kind of a whole reset on recruiting in 2021. What to expect now that the page has officially been turned. Before you know it, in a couple weeks, the dead period will be over. These these prospects will be hitting campus for unofficial visits during spring ball. So a lot to cover, a lot to get set up for you guys. We've got a preview spring ball, but overall, uh, hope you guys are enjoying the content. Uh, it feels like just yesterday yesterday the season ended, and, and here we are two weeks away from spring ball. So appreciate all of you guys reading, subscribing. Can't thank you guys enough, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed the, this edition of the pod. We'll be back with a fresh edition of the podcast uh, probably Thursday afternoon after I sleep in after getting back from uh, Tulane pretty late on, on Wednesday uh, Wednesday evening. So uh, we'll be back with a fresh pod on Thursday. Hope you guys enjoyed this one, and thanks for listening. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+.